0: Hello and welcome to the Miss Rural In podcast. As usual, my name is Jacob Staten and as usual, I'm joined by Captain Negative, JJ Armstrong. JJ, how are you?
1: That's that's not very nice. Uh, I'm I'm not negative. I'm more level-headed than I was yesterday. I've had a whole 24 hours to digest the absolute apple crumble that I saw. Um, <laughs> we, we sit here since last episode off the back of three losses uh, and football... Doesn't yeah. half dictate your mood. Um, don't know what's just happened there, is it? we all trying to man-mark you and failing. What's happening?
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I suppose we'll, we'll, we'll jump both feet into the, um, the last game, or not the last game at home, but the uh, first game of this three we're going to discuss, which was Tottenham Hotspur at home at the world-famous city ground, which me and you both attended, which was once again... Ear-splittingly deafening. It was wonderful yep. to be in there. Um, Poets Corner once again cementing itself as Britain's best pub. Um, great, great, great day out. I think the team played absolutely fantastically. Um, we do cover we do cover the game off in way more depth than we in our, in our match day vlog yep. after the game. Um, and I think the, the phrase that I used the most so much so that my wife was ribbing me for it was if we if we play like that. We'll win more than we lose. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand by that, but we, we do need to play that, that again, JJ, don't we?
1: Yeah. Um, winning more than we lose, I think, in the Premier League is very difficult. I certainly can't see that happening, but if you're right, I'll bloody love it. Um, yeah, it was, it was just a really good performance. As daft as it sounds, it was a really, oh. really positive loss. Yeah. Um, but you can't yeah. really always say that I could don't mind losing if we turn up and play like that, and that game particularly made me sort of sit up and think, hey we'll be all right here this is this is decent it was a really good performance um uh, you know what what exactly can you do against I think you said England's best ever striker Harry Kane when they've yeah. got Kane at their disposal to turn two sort of switching off from us into two goals and what can you do? That's the thing. You you get punished by this level of players um, in the Premier League. So aren't too mad about losing a really positive loss for me. Um, And I thought that if we carry on playing like that at home, we'll be just fine.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Which um, moves us into... uh, Here, moves us. Moves us into... um, (laughs) Golem. Moves us into uh, an away day at The Etihad, although
1: we were we were undercover, weren't we, JJ? Yeah, we we attended the game. We were there at the not so famous Etihad Stadium uh, in the home end. We were I was front and centre uh, opposite the Forest fans, uh, undercover in the home end, and uh, as expected, it wasn't the best of nights. How did you find the experience, Jacob?
0: Yeah, it was. It was. It was probably exactly what I was expecting, but I hoped we could, on the back of the Spurs performance, I hope we could have stuck it out a bit longer, if you know what I mean. Mm. Um, but, you know, Erling Haaland scores a hat-trick, in my, which in my opinion were all tap-ins and, and nothing goals. That's what he's there for. Julian Alvarez is underrated. Um, those two goals, he's covered fantastic. And they didn't even play Kevin De Bruyne, came off the bench. Yeah. So, Crazy. You know, it's uh, you know Cancellara's goal as well. We I mean, forget that I was start of the second half and just kind of really puts it to bed. Um I think to some degree we were lucky they didn't really put get out of maybe second or third gear. Um Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm glad that game's done and out of the way.
1: Let's put it that way. Definitely, I think the the golfing class and quality was apparent, uh, very mm-hmm. clear you had Ilklai Gundogan, or as our former host, Jordan Cornick, Ikbe Gundapan, Gund- or whatever. Ik- Ikbe Ikbay Ikbe Gund, Gund-, Gund-, Gund- I still Gundogan. can't really say it now. He pulled the strings. He was yeah. immense. Uh, they're just a ridiculous side. João Cancelo is an outrageous player. I don't think he's yeah. really a defender. He just <laughs> cuts about and does unreal stuff. Um, mm. So, I, I've, you know, Everyone expected us to lose. I could have predicted a five or six goal thrashing, but we didn't really show up. It's fine. It's Man City away. You know, expect it. Doesn't really matter. Um, Immense uh, pride in the Forest away support, I think. Yes. Sat in the City home and There wasn't really an atmosphere, but all you could hear that entire game was the the cavalry of Forest fans. Yeah, there's not. We
0: were sat in the family stand, weren't we? And it was yeah. very much a family stand. Um, I think we, we had that one chance, didn't we, in the first half, where Lodi hit into headed it into the side netting. If you if you watch that whole movement, that was actually we looked really really good. It was just that was it. Yeah, that was in the first half, you know. And I, and I think the fact that Pep Guardiola took um, Rodri off really early on. Can cement in the fact that he doesn't think you're a threat because yeah. he does not take that man off. So, um,
1: yeah, it, it was just um, it was just easy, wasn't it? I think I don't think they really tried. <laughs> I think they just are so used to playing that way that they could just easily do us So, yeah, as as we said afterwards, our season will not be defined by an away loss to Man City. It's nope. the nope. the following game, which is where our season will be defined.
0: Absolutely. But in between that, there was a very important day, which was the uh, summer transfer deadline day. And we were, as we have been all window, we've been very, 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 very busy boys, haven't we, JJ?
1: Yeah. Very we, um, very relieved to see that window shut. I'm, I'm sort of a little bit sick of it now. I I'm was I'm get to the point where I was just like, really, another one? Um, yeah,
0: for me, just going to slide in there. Really sorry. For me, that se- a couple of seasons ago in the Premier League, where the transfer window shut the day before the season started, absolutely. That why is that not the rule for every single league? It blows my mind. I know they don't all start at different times, so that's a different problem. But you shouldn't be able to start the season and then change your team. That's just my 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 two pence on the matter.
1: Yeah. After the obviously we had West Ham, which was a positive performance. Oh. Everton, to some degree, was sort of I think by I, way at the I, end.
0: Everton was, I think Everton was.
1: Um, Spurs certainly was a positive performance so I was quite happy with with what we had and what we've got um, Near and Mangala obviously huge losses um, oh. already but still very happy with what we've got seeing some names floating about on deadline day Serge Aurier's not disappearing still even after it's shot, but I just thought please get this window shut like it, it felt like at some points we were just throwing in uh, shit at a wall we had uh, Batshuayi was rumoured at one point um, which was just wild uh, not sure that was the right decision so almost happy that that sort of caved in what What were your thoughts on the on the deadline day were you happy to see the the people come in that, that came in uh,
0: so I'm looking at the list now so we've got Willy Bolly on a permanent from Wolves uh, Barday from Ren on a loan but I think it's a loan we have an option to buy uh Josh Bowler from Blackpool, straight out to Olympiacos. I presume he's gone straight out to Olympiacos because he's over the age of twenty-one, so we have to register him. That might be why we don't have that that, that free space anymore. Um Aurier apparently is joining on it on a free, so he's he's not got a contract so we can sign him whenever. Uh and Batshway failed apparently. Um I'm happy with Bolly, kind of proven Premier League centre back. Um Barde, I know nothing about him at, at all. Josh Bowler I watched him play a couple of weeks ago for Blackpool I think he would have been pretty handy but I also completely get him going straight out um Serge Aurier I don't get it we've discussed this before I don't get it um uh, whilst I think he would have been a, a really good sign in he would have been a really good sign in 4 weeks ago you know if we're signing Bachwei do we sign do we need to sign Dennis do we need to sign you know it, it, there's there's different questions that raises to me um but yeah, I think I'm obviously happy. We've we've signed you know three players, potentially four. Tried to get five. It's it's a great effort, and I think it's been a great effort all, all summer with the, um, the the transfer team. But it's just I feel the the point for me, uh, and I you know I don't want this to be the fact, but the point for me, the tipping point for me was the number of players we've signed after the season started. So with the season starts, we've already signed what 18 players or whatever it was. And then, yeah, maybe not that many, maybe sixteen, seventeen. Then we've signed another five or six. It just, you know, I, I like we, we've been, you know, positive around the performances so far. Did we need to sign another six or seven? And then I, I suppose I'll, I'll back myself down a bit with, you know, the, the injuries to Mangala and Narkati uh, because I, I can't help but feel they're both going to be out, be out a little bit longer than people
1: are making out. Yeah, I think that's why we got Bali, um, mm. and is it Barde? How do you say that? I would say I would say Bardet. Bardet. He's French. Um, yeah. Willy Bolly, Big Willy, as, as they call him. Um, apparently his legs have gone. Apparently he's got lung COVID. That's what the, the rumors are. I, surely that <laughs> isn't true because surely they do some due diligence on the medical oh, side geez. of things. He hasn't played regularly in quite a long time. So for me, that one's a bit weird. I think Tanganga would have been a better option. Is a young he player didn't go with anywhere, talent, did he? I think that, I think that's a difficult deal to get over the line. So I'm not surprised that one didn't happen. But if there was ever potential for that to happen, then certainly would have preferred that. But hey, he's a he's a red, yeah. so I'm more than happy if he proves me wrong and proves to be a great signing. Uh, it's a shame. This Barde, I he sounds promising. He sounds like just what we need. Uh, young, promising talent that's likes to get out from the back and and is quick. So. Sign me up. Uh, My question to you after the summer transfer window is finally done, finally finished, we've broken the record for the amount of signings. What would you rate the window out of 10? Mm.
0: Clock sticking. Uh, I'm going to say 7.5. Interesting no no an eight an eight and depending on what the eventual first team is could be it could be a nine or a ten but the, the fact the fact of the matter is we needed to sign that many players because of all the outgoings it's, it's all well and good all these memes popping up and i i do personally find them hilarious of the whole you know there's a big giant triple decker bus from harry potter and it's the forest team bus <laughs> i do actually find it funny um the the Big school photos, and it's the forest team photo. Um, my f- my personal favourite was that the the, um, the singing initiation was going to be a- akin to Live Aid, um, which was brilliant. But yeah, it's it, we needed those players because of the ones that went out. You know, our squad isn't big by any stretch of the imagination; it's standard size. So yeah, it's we needed those players. I just I don't know if we're covered off in all the areas we needed to be covered off in.
1: Interesting. I just to give my answer. Um, I know you didn't ask, but JJ, JJ, thank you. Out of 10, what would you give the transfer window? Although I'm I was sick of it, I'm glad it's done. I think it has Cocksticky, to be, mate, come on, have to be. Uh, uh, that's my impression of you. Um, yeah, a nine out of 10. I think you know, uh, we did buy a lot of players, but. We've got Dean Henderson, Nico Williams, Nia Cate looks great. We've got Renan and Loddy somehow. Mangala looks fantastic. Oh. Remo Freule, who's got Champions League experience. Dennis, who's a big talent. Uh, Tywo, who is su- supposed to be good, I'm told. Um, who else have we got? Morgan Gibbs White, record signing, like big, big, big players. There's definitely more. I would be here forever if I had to list off everyone. Big yeah. Players, um, Maranakis did say that he'd back us and he did. So, I mean, how, sorry, I forgot Jesse Lingard as well. Outrageous. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, he put his hand in his pocket. He he, he he, stuck with his word and what more can you ask for? So it's now, it's finally shot. Now's the time to sort of get that team gelling, yeah. work out what your actual first team is. Don't rely on sentiment. And let's. Oh, sorry. I'll bleep that out. Let's get the let's get the uh, <laughs> result flowing in.
0: No, not of oh, ten for me. We're gonna we're gonna take. I'm gonna take that compliment. That, that Jesus, Jiminy Cricket. We're gonna take that comment around sentiment on positions and into the into discussing the Bournemouth game, um, which I think is a game that a lot of people, including both of us, saw as a must win. Uh, m- m- maybe not maybe not like a nailed on must win but like a we this is this is three points this this needs to be three points type thing um and you know a fairly 50-50ish first half i think we were on top but you know it wasn't all us type thing we score a really really good goal from a from a corner um absolute stonewall penalty var get in the bin um and fair play, fair play to the referee as well. He gets, he gets told to go and look at the video and he still gives it rather than that's usually the sign they're going to overturn the decision, isn't it? So, you know, and a, and a wonderful penalty from Johnson who, who keeps his nerve. And then what happens, what happens JJ? Cause it, we came out for the second half. They, they, they made one change. They bought a, a right back on who wasn't good enough to play for West Ham, who we beat. And that changes the entire
1: game. Yeah. Uh, just to go back to the first half. Um, it was one of those where both teams were clearly lacking in and around the area. Once mm-hmm. it got to that final third, both teams were shocking. And for a majority of it, you thought, mm, no one's going to score here. But as you've just mentioned there, we, we had it. We had them. Two goals up, um, yep. you'll take it. You think, let's just see this through. Nof- nothing really needed to change. At that point, we, we'd we had them. We just needed to keep consistent performance. Like you said they changed and you could clearly tell that we were under pressure immediately from the second half and we didn't react at all until it was too late on on multiple fronts so once they scored that first goal I had that horrible feeling that you used to get watching Forest of Old where you think this is inevitable I felt unless something was going to change I know what's coming here I've seen this a million times before When, when as part of that sort of change in the game, I saw Jack Colback come on, uh, about tore my hair out, which a lot of people watching this would be thankful for because it's apparently shocking. Um, That to me made no sense. We reacted really slowly, bringing Dennis and Taiwan way too late. I think Dennis came on in the eighty-sixth minute. Um, I think what happened was they made a change. They played well. We felt the pressure. The crowd felt the pressure. Didn't sort of pick them up like we usually do, mm. and we were too slow to react. And they punished us for it. And, that, and that's as simple as that. You, you for me, I can. I'm not. I'm just gonna try and not be too negative here because it is just one game. But let's be real. That just you can't be two 0 up at home against supposedly the worst team in the league and throw throw away a two-goal lead in the second half, like that just isn't good enough.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the the billing goal, can't do much about that. Great, great finish. Um, Solanke's goal, we're not being, and I think it was Joe Wara, wasn't it? It was near Solanke. We're not being as forceful as we need to be, in my opinion, at the back. And again, proven with McKenna's mistake for the third goal We just felt very much like we were going through the motions almost and you know there was a bit of ambition towards the end of the game bringing, bringing players on but yeah like callback I've got no personal issue with callback uh, especially after last at the end of the last season playing left back all the time but uh, it's Yates yeah, or callback for me both of them yeah. is, is, is as ineffective in my head as it was on the pitch on Saturday um, just, just
1: to dip in on that out of all the money that we spent, which we've just sort of spoken about in the previous segment, to finish that game with the options we've got on the bench, to finish that game with Yates and Colback as our midfield two is yeah. not right. I like nothing against Yates, nothing against Colback, just in reality, and they're, they're good squad players. They're good squad players. They've, they've got every chance to make an impact this season. This isn't that time. Yeah. Full respect to them. I think they're good players, but there's better ahead of them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, again, for me, and this has always been the case. I may have said it on 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 one of the last season's podcasts, but it's one or the other. It's not. It's not both of them. Um, but yeah, I, I can only presume that O'Brien may be a bit burned out. He's played a lot of football at the start of the season. Roiler may just not be match fit. So you know, there's obviously reasonings. Um, I'm not questioning Cooper in any way, shape, or form. But it's you know. And, you know, Dennis, bringing him on five minutes to go, I get leaving Brendan Johnson on the pitch, but it's just, if you're going to make a decision, make it make it, make it it a bit sharper type of thing. But I I, I still think it's, it's worth remembering that it was a mistake that gave him the third goal. It wasn't necessarily them playing well. Um, I think we were pushing. And if you look at the stats, you know, we have more possession, more shots. So it's, I think a two-all draw may have been a bit more, a bit fairer, in my opinion.
1: Yeah a two, two all draw still would have been points drops and yeah, felt, it would, felt it would, like a loss anyway
0: it's, it's not a loss is it a loss is a loss is something else especially against somebody who theoretically can be rivaling you at the bottom of the table um but yeah i think i think a two all draw would have been fair I, I still i think we we weren't that bad after going um when it got back to two all there was a kind of a 10 minute spell after that where i thought we were we looked a lot better a lot of possession and that is just I think I think he I think Steve Cooper's struggling to know his best formation. Definitely. And and his, and his first team which isn't helped by you know with injuries injuries that have already occurred that isn't going to help because you have the you know will have he'll have what his first 11 is in his head or maybe maybe first 11 for certain situations but you know if two of those start I would suggest that Nikearte and uh, Mangala would be two of the first names on the team sheet if they're fit. And if they're not, you know, for whatever situational first eleven he wants, and if they're not fit, then you're already
1: two down, aren't you? Yeah. Can I, I'll ask you a question. Go on. I've previously said about relying on sentiment. Um, You've seen with England that Gareth Southgate always picks the same players who once did something good for him. Would you say that Cooper's doing the same thing with players like Worrell, Cook, McKenna to a lesser degree because I think he is still very good. Uh, Coleback, Johnson, the Yates, the people that, that helped him get up last season—is he relying too much on sentiment, still giving them a, a massive roll of the dice, or or do you think they weren't starting?
0: Not not at this point in the season. I think if you come back to me at Christmas and we're in a similar situation and he's still doing it, then yes, absolutely. But you know. It's only five games into the season. We're only five games after last season where these players were, you know, absolute guardians of the galaxy for him, you know what I mean? Um Joe Worrell, I think he played really well against Spurs. I I I I you know, I he wasn't he wasn't cutting it for me in the three games before that, two games before that. But Spurs I thought he was really good. I think for me personally, only Lewis O'Brien played well against City. Um, you know, that's a it's a different kettle of fish, isn't it? So um I just don't think he's going to. So, so you look at Joe Worrell, I'll take as the example. The person that you're going to bring in for him is Julian Bancon. He's not going to drop. He's not going to drop Warrell lightly. The club captain who played so well last season for somebody who's coming from the French league, who's an unknown entity, in my opinion, it's just not going to happen. Um, and I don't think it's sentiment. I think it's sensible. Um, Brandon Johnson, I don't think's too far away from getting dropped. And I don't. Oh, Given a rest rather than being dropped, Yeah. somebody like Dennis or maybe even playing Gibbs White in the t- in,
1: in the ten up front.
0: Um, but yeah, the,
1: the Brennan Johnson it's experience. experience for me, um, or not experience the experiment of trying the front three together. We've got flashes of, of brilliance, but it's so obvious that there's no one there waiting yeah. to be on the other end of it. That's I think I think that Brennan Johnson possibly needs to see some bench time purely because. Like I don't, I, I love Brendan Johnson. He's a great player, but he has the potential to come across as really, really lazy. It is mm. great when he's scoring the chances. Um, you know, he's put two nice ones away. One was disallowed and a penalty, but his work rate and pressing didn't seem to really be that that high. I don't know if that's an instruction he's been given against Bournemouth, but he. He just seems lazy to me and, and drifts out of games. Um, so I think it would be interesting to see Dennis get a, bit, a better roll of the dice on that one. See how well he fares in that position. Um, not sure I, Lingard, Gibbs-White and Johnson is working for me.
0: I think, I think Brandon Johnson's issue is lack of jet Spence. Nico Williams is absolutely fantastic. Really, really enjoy watching him play. But he doesn't get up alongside Brennan Johnson he doesn't have that partnership with him, same way Jed Spence did, and that was a huge part of our game last season. I'd be interested to see if if there'd be room for a swap of Johnson onto the left hand side, because Renan Lodi or Lodi seems to be getting up quite high. Maybe those two could work together and just move, you know, swap them over type thing. Um, Whether that be on the cards, but I, I think uh, for, for me, in my football knowledge, I think it's the front the front three is what's causing the whole issue in that. Last season, in all our success, it was a one behind two. And now, we're playing just a flat three at the top. And it's 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 it doesn't work for me. Uh, it, it doesn't... There's no... There was a couple of times against Bournemouth on Saturday where we win the ball back, look up, and those three attacking midfielders that are playing across a front three, none of them are wingers, none of them are strikers per se. You could probably argue for Brandon Johnson, but none of them were... Where you needed an outlet to be, where Keenan Davis was last season, where I, I imagine they expect Taiwo year to be. It's, I'd like to see him move back to the one with the two in front, personally. I think that's what's, that, that, that's the, he's in it. Obviously Steve Cooper's got a predicament because he's got to wedge certain players in. You know, I imagine he is expected to play Brendan Johnson, the club's golden boy. He is expected to play Morgan Gibbs White, the club's record signing. And he is expected to play Jesse Lingard, who I imagine is the club's highest paid player. So. He's got to sandwich them in somewhere and that and that's an unenviable task. And but I just don't think that front three is helping the way that 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 Steve Cooper wants to play. I think we need we need that focal point, um, the way that Keenan Davis used to drift off to the left and hold it up and, and bring it forward. See, that's gonna be a one year. Um and I just yeah, and that that one who sits in the middle kind of almost spearheading and dragging everyone up what Zincanago used to do. I think we need to move back to that and I think we'll see a bit more continuity, a bit more flow coming through.
1: God, God bless Keenan Davis. All right, I've got I've got a secondary question for you. Um, oh, you've mentioned good. the front free um, before this season. Every single person that I've spoken to that supports a Premier League club has said, "Bloody hell, you play free at the back. That's going to cause you some issues in the Prem." To which I said, "Stevie Cooper knows what he's doing. He's got mm-hmm. it." After the Bournemouth game, and for a, a few, there's been questions so far about the back free, and that's Worrell and Cooks. In, in, including in, in that back three. Um, mm. McKenna made one mistake at the weekend and has somehow mm. come into direct fire for that. Don't agree with that at all. But Warrell Cook and McKenna have come under fire for not being good enough at Premier League level. Is the issue the players, is the issue a back three? Should we look to move to a back four? Is back three a difficult thing to make work in the Premier League? Brighton seemed to do a good job of it when I watched them today, but they're all the sort of questions going to fire your way. Back three, stick with it, yes or no? Or is it just a personnel? What are you say?
0: Um, stick with it. Stick with it is the short answer. The, the longer answer is so if you move to back four, you presume that you're going to have a holding midfielder who's going to be a ball winner. Uh, so essentially, you're pushing, pushing that middle centre back further forward to win the ball rather than to wait for it to come to you, which is, you know, it's my it's, it's the way I prefer teams to play. Um, I don't really like a back three, but um, we don't have that ball winner in the team, in my opinion. Maybe Kuate, maybe, Kuarte, maybe. Um, but it, we don't, we need, we're lacking that kind of real reader of the game. Mangala is he is he a shout for that? No, I think he's too technical for me. He's not. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm thinking the, the the most recent example I've seen, especially against Forest, is that Rodri holding midfielder. He sees everything. He's athletic. He's good at you know. He's he's got a bit of everything, but he wins that ball back. He stops that counter attack. I'll take the yellow card. I just don't think we really have that player to sit in there. So um, I think an issue with the back free is. If you look at the team, the, the team lineups, it's always changed. It's always been changing. Um, you know, obviously we started with what I imagined is the first choice, which is Worrell, Nicate, and McKenna. We've had, we've obviously got Cook in there now because of injuries. We had Kuate in there. Biancon Kong came on early. Um, and Worrell went to middle centre back. It's ju- against Man City. It's just, I think there's too much rotation. I don't necessarily think it's the back three. I think there's too much rotation. Um, and and I think it's lack of confidence with, with Worrell in particular. I think Steve Cook just looks a little bit old. Maybe I love Steve Cook. I thought he was a really underrated player for his last season. I thought he was a bit unlucky, but he just looks a bit old now. Um, and yeah, I think Joe Worrell's lacking a bit of confidence. And maybe maybe McKenna after that mistake, they just need a bit of yeah, maybe an arm around him just to say, you know, you were fantastic last season. You can be fantastic this season. It's just. Yeah, I, I would stick with it because of what Cooper wants to do and because I don't think we have that player to sit in the hole
1: to do the job that's required if you play a back four. Fair. I think I, I still trust Cooper. I still trust his tactics. If he wants to stick with a back three, that's fine with me. I think as part of the, the fallout, Scott McKenna being brought into questioning because of one mistake is mental. Um, he's always there. He's always a brick wall and he's always blocking yeah. shots, his, I think he is Premier League level and he is a fantastic player. Worrell has a few sort of questions to answer. He showed at Spurs a much better side mm. to his game, but I can see why he's criticised. I think it's difficult to drop the club captain. I wouldn't mind seeing a different option there just to see. Um, I think that's sort of the difficulty. Yeah. Cook is too old, like say. Great player, really like him, really good option off the bench, but to start week in, week out, I don't think he's right. He looks slow, so that's why he's doing things like making saves instead of um, yeah. making the tackle. So maybe this barde will will be good. By the end of the season, we might have a back three of McKenna, Barde and Neocarte, which is a bit quicker and a bit more adaptable. We don't know yeah. how this works, so... I guess give it time and see what happens. Um, but the McKenna fallout in particular makes zero sense to me because I think he's great. Um, yeah, I think the fallout in general is, is, is mad. I can see people have every right to be frustrated. I certainly am. I just think it just isn't good enough. But I've seen people on the timeline saying Cooper out, which is mental, absolutely <laughs> mental. There's even reports of people booing the team. Show your frustration because it is frustrating. Walk out early if you must, fine. Don't boo the team. Don't say Cooper out because you're absolutely mental. What, what I, What's I mean, your thoughts I, on the fallout from this game? The
0: thought, I mean, I, on, on my opinion on booing differs from probably everyone else in the world, but um, uh, you pay your money, you boo whatever you want. Right, you know, I, I'll support this club until the day I die, but the team has to earn it. That's my opinion. You boo whatever you want; you've paid your money. Leave whenever you want; you've paid your money. That's just my opinion. I agree on the I second part. It.
1: I think it was yeah. booing is unproductive, but fine.
0: Uh, yeah, no, no, I, I get it. I just think you know, you've paid your money; you you, do, you can do whatever you want. Um, but for me, it's absolute nonsense. Steve was Chris Hooton still in charge this time? Yeah, sixteenth September, he was dismissed. So this time last year. We were still bottom of the table with Chris Houghton. If you want Steve Cooper out, give your head to wobble.
1: Yeah. There's one person that I trust to turn this around and realise it's on him. He said it in the interview. He didn't react. A bit of a clangor. I think he'll, he'll hold his hands up and he'll say, that's on me as well. He'll look to rectify that. If there's anyone that I think can fix this situation and get a team gel in, it's him. The main thing I'm worried about, is if the booing picks up a bit more next time we get a bad result, the home support dips a bit, the Greets get a little bit twitchy because we're not picking up points straight away. I'm really concerned that they're just going to pull the trigger and get rid of him, which I think would be probably one of the worst decisions the club have ever made. So I really hope that we can pick some points up and, and get this working before the Greets get trigger happy and, and get rid of him.
0: I think for me the only way Steve Cooper gets sacked this season, this is the only way for, for me, obviously, um, is if it looks like we're in danger of beating Derby's 11 point record. That's the only way. Even if we get relegated, he is the man for ne- for the following season, yeah. without we, a doubt. This is, we've, people need to remember, we've not had a manager like this for a long, long, long I've never seen one. I thought Billy Davis was the Messiah. That's how good of the football I've seen as a Forest fan in 20 years so you know we need to count our lucky
1: stars yeah last word on Bournemouth game Man City away Spurs at home do not define our season nope. games against Bournemouth at home certainly do but the following games coming up are a really good opportunity to get back oh. on the wagon
0: oh. Oh, 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 look at that segue. You're what welcome. do you want to talk about next, JJ? Is it, is it Leeds United away by any chance on Monday the uh, 12th of September? Shall we? Uh, Shall we do yeah, it? Yeah. Shall we do it? Yeah, yeah. sure. I, 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 yeah, that's a huge game. Um, two, two big clubs, two, two vociferous sets of fans. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah, big words. They're um, they're on a bit of a slippy slide, aren't they? Um, they started the season really well. They've, they've lost the last two, I want to say. Um, you know, I think it's going to be a really interesting game. It's one of those ones where I wouldn't be surprised if we nicked something. Um, Failing to say any more on it than that, I want to say one nil Forest JJ.
1: Interesting. I, I live in Leeds. I'm surrounded by <gasps> Leeds supporters. No way. Um, I think they've started the season really well. I think Brentford a are, are ridiculous side. I'm not surprised they lost to Brentford. I think the main thing this is a really to follow up the Bournemouth game, this is a, a really difficult game. They are similar to Forest in that their home atmosphere is outrageous. And the they you could see the Chelsea game, what the home fans can do. Mm. Uh, Jesse Marsh got sent off in the last game. So I think that could be an interesting element. If he, yeah. I don't know if whether we'll get it redacted or or whether that will impact anything at all. Um I think Leeds last season, I think we go there and we we get something. Leeds this season, they look like they made a sterner stuff. They look like they've sort of found it a bit, I think, and they've made some really good signings. They've been backed well, and it seems like it's it's starting to work. So, unfortunately, it's not going to be an easy game. I think some people might look at Leeds and think, well, we'll beat them. Mm -hmm. Don't think it's the case. I think there'll be a few goals. I think both teams are capable of letting it slip a little bit. So I'm going to go with 2-2 and I think that would be an excellent result away at Leeds. A point away at Leeds would be excellent um, because they are certainly a very, very fit and eager team uh, and they'll be difficult to play against. So 2-2, very difficult game.
0: Yeah. So, was four days later we
1: play Fulham on the Friday night? Yeah, I didn't know that until you said Until you said that before the start of this podcast, I didn't realise it was only... We go from Bournemouth to... Is it nine days until Leeds? Yeah. And then from nine-day break to four days, it's just bizarre to me.
0: Bizarro. Thank you, Sky. Really appreciate not having any football to watch on a Saturday. Cheers. Or a Sunday. Um, Yeah, I think Fulham, this this is a must-to-win with a capital M and a capital W. Um... Fulham have been way better than I thought they were going to be coming up. Um, I think Mitrovic has already got a goal on him. Very, very interesting game. I can't wait. Can't wait to watch it. Ah. 3-2 Forrest. That's what I'm going for. He loves loves a 3-2. I love the 3-2. Best score in football, mate, as long as you're on the winning team.
1: If if you asked me prior to the season, I'd have told you Fulham and Bournemouth are as good as dead. Romeo, um, I don't think that is the case anymore. Fulham have made a great start. They look good. They look like they've probably finally found enough to to keep them up. Uh, that's what it looks like at the minute. They've made some good signings. I think they've only they've just yeah. bought in William, which is interesting. Um, Mitrovic Mitrovic looks like he can finally score in the Premiership and yeah. looks confident. As anything, his goal against Spurs at the weekend was fantastic. So unfortunately, once again, I mean, we looked. At, I'm just looking at our wall chart now. We're looking at uh, oh, good Bour- Cheers, Missrollingandco.co.uk if you fancy it. We Sing. looked at Bournemouth, Leeds, Fulham. Uh, it's a bit dark, so I can't see that. Leicester, Villa, and Wolves. We're looking at those that run of games. Do you think that's a great opportunity to pick up points? Yeah. Starts with Bournemouth. Obviously, we've lost the Bournemouth game. Leeds are a handful and Fulham now look like they're doing really well. So it's not, it's not looking as, as pretty as it once did. I've I, waffled I, on for way too long. My prediction, yeah. I think, uh, you're not supposed to say yeah. My prediction will be, I'm going to have to go for a draw again because I think it's going to be difficult. Uh, had a great game there last season where we yes. won 1-0 yes. just with a Zinkanagel sort of forced they, error.
0: They tonged
1: his 4-0, didn't they, at home as well? They did. It's going to be a difficult game. Cooper's first loss? It was. It's... Not sure. we were there. We were there. We were there. I can't remember if it was yeah. his first loss. But either way, really difficult game. I'll take a point again. I think if we can get two points off the next two games, I think it's massive. If we can get more than two points, I think that's... Bigger than massive, whatever word you want to sort of call that. <laughs> Zero question. points would be awful. And I think the Forest fans will go into a complete and utter meltdown. So who knows what the future holds, but I'm keeping my fingers crossed for at least two points in the next two games. What score? 1-1. One, one. Mm, okay. Tight. Okay.
0: I'm, looking, I'm looking at my, uh, on my wall. Um, the next games are obviously uh, Leeds, Fulham, Leicester, Villa, Wolves, Brighton. Then we've got Liverpool and Arsenal. So the next six, you know, we're saying, you know, Leeds is tough, Leicester's tough. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Leicester might not be tough. Um, Villa could be tough. They could have turned it around. They had a great game against City the other night. Yeah. Uh, Brighton, tough, but they're the ones we need to be aiming aiming at if we're going to be getting points to stay up. So is it Brighton away? I- Right away. So in, in the next in the next six games, maximum eighteen points I, for me. We've got to be getting nine out of those wow. out of six.
1: Yeah, maybe I'm. I'm just being. You did call me Captain Negative at the top of the show. Maybe I'm being Captain Negative because nine feels like a reach for me. It's
0: being realistic. You being realistic. I think I'm being the one being my uh, my cup's close to being full rather than uh, rather than you being negative. But uh,
1: if we yeah, if we can get nine from them. I mean, great. I, it wouldn't, yeah. it wouldn't be the biggest shock in the world if we lose to Bournemouth and then go on a bit of a run and, and be like football's a weird sport. You've seen it with what? Villa yeah, getting absolutely. a point at City yesterday. It's you never yeah, know. Yeah. You never yeah. know. It and could be that we know, lose you- against Bournemouth, you Fulham's, but pick up points against your Brightons and Liverpool's. Like you just, you just never know. Yeah, yeah absolutely.
0: Cool. Okay. Well. Oh, there was one thing I wanted to mention before we do our outro. Oh, Can we all please spare a moment and pour out a a tall cup of whatever you got, guys, for James Garner, who will not be joining Nottingham Forest. He has joined Everton. Uh, I'm extremely sad. I think it's an opportunity missed. And um, yeah, that may be the one that's got away. Maybe the one that's got away. However, if you're listening for the first time ever, thank you very much. If you're coming back again and again and again, we love you very much. Uh, This has been the Miss Rolling In podcast, hasn't it, JJ? You rats. You rats.